Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you... Yes, you! ...in the game. And we're back. We had a hiatus. You! It was Sorry. delightful. We've been on a summer holiday on the beach together, rubbing sun lotion into each other's backs. Uh, we haven't. I don't know what I'm talking about. But we do have Pat Mahomes on this show. Mahomes. And we'll get into the latest news as well. This is the Gridiron Show. I made it weird really quickly. I had no intention of doing that, and it happened weird. really, really quickly. Weird. Yeah, it got weird odd. Weird odd. Weird. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. It got really weird. I am very tired and losing my voice and slightly hungover. So Why is that, Willie? We're back in the studio, and we're recording a new podcast. And coming up, a conversation I had last week with Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Pat Mahomes, the new starting quarterback, of course, after Alex Smith was traded to Washington during Super Bowl week, I didn't we- know you had this conversation. Yeah, this is a. It kind of. It was something was, that was. I did not get an email. It was Again, something obviously. Uh, yeah, obviously, <laughs> it, it was something that was meant to happen at the Super Bowl, and then because of the Alex Smith news, it fell through. Yeah. And it's something that was meant to happen on the phone about three weeks ago, and then fell through, and then we ended up getting him after the OT- after the the. Uh, is it OTA's first, then mini camps? Yeah, I guess it is. After the first set of trading and before the second set, basically, before the compulsory stuff, sure. we got him in the middle there. And uh, yeah, he's a he's a nice chap. It was a very interesting chat. And I know you're, you tell him you're that a I gave big him, fan. Did you tell him that I gave him my last bottle of water whilst on Radio Row? Uh, no, because I didn't know that. I did. Well, I did. I do know. I remember that now, but I didn't remember that at the time. Did you tell him that I told him to go and get that that food that you then you told me to get whilst we were on Radio Row. You know, the bowl of, uh, like, hummus and... Oh, it was really good. And then he went and got it and he was tucking into it and then he, I gave him the bowl. You, you didn't mention any of that? No. I mean, if you'd bothered to turn up for the interview, then well, you'd have uh, then you'd have been able to have done all of that. Did not get an email. Did not get an email. Yeah, but we've mentioned it on the pod group on WhatsApp several oh, times as well. Well, you know, when was the interview? Uh, what day is it today? Wednesday? Yeah. Friday, I want to say. Was it Friday? Because we were at Beyonce. Thursday, I want to say. Working. Your your story is fall, falling through. I did massively. it after work. I did it. I did it after work yeah, one day. No, no, it's fine, mate. It's fine. Oh, a little salty, Ollie. Did you t- did you tell him about Ooh, me? A little salty, Ollie. Me seeing him on uh, Thanksgiving for the Texas Red Raiders when he threw. 900 touchdowns in one game. I remember that game. I didn't tell him about it. You've told him about that before, though. So there we go. Okay. Well, either way, <laughs> this has been a bad day so far. Either way, guys, there will be no references to me, but keep listening uh, for <coughs> Pat Mahomes later. <laughs> Marvelous. <laughs> Sherlock, get off! <laughs> <laughs> it never. It would never be Sherlock. Uh, your, cat, your cats hate me. Some amazing uh, gigage on Friday with Jay Z and Beyonce. Oh my god! You had the best time. I really did. Like, honestly, what was really funny is we went with Ollie, as much as we mock him for it in a jokey way, is a shorter guy. That's, you know, we love him regardless of his height. But it's fact. But, the, yeah, it's fact, exactly. We went with a group of girls who are all also quite diminutive. And Ollie and these girls had their own, like, little mosh pit going on in front of where we were. Where the taller, where, where people, the taller were. people were standing at the back. Uh, and it was, yeah, they were, they were splendid. I would say... It was the greatest gig I've ever been to. That's that's pretty big. Because it was it was more than a gig. It was like a show and a story. 
and I really bought into the whole thing. See, that, that was my problem. Even though it was so self-indulgent. Yeah, that was my problem. I loved it, but I thought that was all a bit too much. I enjoyed it first time round more when it was more yeah. about them just showcasing their best songs. They did an amazing show and it was like spectacular and everything, but it didn't need to have the through line and the overwrought kind of, it just felt a bit much at times. No, I loved it. I was fully invested. Like I was, it was for me, it was like a four star gig, which could have been a five star had it not been so just groan inducing at moments. Oh, it was great. I love the story arc. I love that then she called him out on his cheating, which was awesome, which happened or didn't happen. I don't know. And then you got all the stuff at the end and the stage was incredible and you had a brass band and you had the dancers and the contortionists. I loved it. Honestly, I loved it. And I don't really know much of their music. So, you know, you know the bangers from Jay-Z and the bangers from Beyonce, but lit- sprinkled in were some other things. And I loved it. At one point, and kind of nearer the end, Jay-Z was doing a number on his own, didn't know the song, and there I was just bopping away, loving it. Uh, and people were watching me going, what is he doing? They were. They were. Yeah. Uh, touchdown Trips. Oh, we haven't mentioned them yet. It is getting to that point in the year where people are getting starting to Getting to that point in the year. Their no, wait, trips that out in look. America. <laughs> you. <laughs> no, not you. Uh, yeah, so uh, honestly, get on there because we've booked up loads for our trip. They're, we are at pretty much double the numbers of last year. Holy moly. And it's going to keep growing because uh, it's going to be fantastic. Really, really looking forward to it. Does that mean it, so. we get double the fee? No, there, uh, were no, there was no fee involved. <laughs> so <laughs> I may just uh, reference that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, strong work. Well done, yeah, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so. We, we do it for the love. Exactly. Uh, and so that's going to be amazing. So you can find out more information about that at touchdowntrips.com. Heading out to the West Coast. Doing heading out. You heading out. No, Stanford. Doing 49ers Giants. Doing Raiders Chargers. Then up to Seattle for Thursday night football. Seahawks Packers. Yes. Then back down to Los Angeles for Chargers Broncos at the, uh, the old StubHub. Which, the football stadium. Yeah. Now, tell me, how are we getting from... Southern California, through Portland, and into Washington. What's what's happening there? How are we doing that? Surely we're taking a plane, right? No, we're going to drive up through oh, Portland. Oh, no, you didn't say stay that. Stay overnight in Portland. Go on a brewery tour. Oh, my goodness. And do you know what else is good about this trip? Uh, there's a shopping stop-off. Oh, there is a shopping stop-off <laughs> already planned. In a state, let's be clear, in Washington, that has no sales tax, so is much cheaper than, say, shopping in California. We are also Go on. Yeah. doing this trip yeah. with girls this year. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> now, I d- that's a joke because it was all guys last year, and obviously it's always been open to uh, men, women, children, whoever, but actually having a bunch of females on the tour joining us is great because it means that, you know, I, I hopefully, even though... I get that if you're a fan of NFL, maybe you're used to being in a male-dominated situation. Uh, it is, you know female fans are great and we want more of them to come along on the tour give us some kind of gender balance because uh yeah it, i hopefully having more women there will beget having more women there and it'll be great yeah i agree i agree good good uh right let's go into well we've got to do news we've got to do pat mahomes coming up we should also mention that the magazine and in extension us have decided to sponsor a flag football team this season oh yeah the uh the uh, what are they called? Leighton Steam? The Leighton Steam. Yes. Gridiron logo on the bicep of every newly formed Leighton Steam jersey. Did you, uh, I bet you got an email to see if you wanted to play, right? No, never. Oh, yeah, me either. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
you probably should have got an email to see whether you're not paid because you are physically able to run more than five yards before collapsing into a heap. <laughs> Only two and a half months back, we started this off. So far, they've traded snow, rain and blazing sunshine. They had their first two game day weekends. Uh, four players of the 11 had never played a game of football before. Have you played flag football before? I played one game for the UK oh, Packers. The Packers the Chiefs, yeah. When you went to the Super Bowl and I played on uh, in Hyde Park. And I got an interception playing at cornerback. Uh, well done, mate. Yeah, yeah, Good work. Yeah. Uh, if you don't even know play flag football before, it's five players on each side of the ball, four downs to halfway, another four downs to get to the end zone. QB can be blitzed, even though there's no line of scrimmage. Yeah, you have to stand seven yards from the quarterback before it's snapped. Uh, you get an extra point, goes from five yards. You can go for two from ten Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, 20 minutes in each half. Looking back over the results they've already had so far, they played Northampton Titans black and Northampton white, essentially their second and third teams, but apparently they were full of uh, first can, and second team players. Can we make players. clear that that's This has come through from Josh. Can we just make clear that that's um, just the uniform colours? Northampton Titans black and Northampton white. They play in black. Yes. Yeah, and the other North guys Hans play, play in white. white. Yeah. Also, I just want to make that clear. I didn't say whites. Uh, all right, sugar. They played the Titans Black first round out 26 to 12 winners already off to a start. Lost the second game 40 20. Rubbish. But that's against the team who are unbeaten in the division. Do you know how some of our guys did? Go on. Of old UK Packers Supremo Ryan Peacock grabbed two touchdowns. Tom Childs, uh, the Arrowheads guy, grabbed three. Well done, Tom. Josh, 115 yards across the two games. He decided to point that out. While catching two touchdowns as well. So he was receiving, was he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Then the, I think Ryan's the the quarterback actually. Then they've uh, they've played two more games since then. Three more games since then. It yeah, was, they had a day in Salisbury doing it with three games. They played uh, Ch- they played Southern Reapers, Chichester Sharks, and and the Southern Marauders. Uh, they lost the first game to the Southern Reapers, twenty to thirteen. But then won their next two, beat the Sharks thirteen twelve. And then beat the Marauders 28-13. So they're off to a good start. They're 3-2 and two off their first five games. Okay, so... Looks like we've picked a, picked a good one. So the teams, the names are the the white, the black, the, the that they're playing. Reapers, Marauders and Sharks. Reapers and Marauders have easily got the best names. I quite like Steam. I think it's a good, interesting one. Why, I wonder why it's called Steam. Surely they should have been called the Leighton Buzzards. Yeah, I mean that makes some sense. <laughs> well, we used to have so there was um, we uh, we did a, a not a flag football team, a full American football team at university, and De Montfort, DMU. So all of our like sports team and stuff are called the Demons. Which, if you're like Leicester Demons, that's a pretty good name. Yeah, yeah. We joined because there wasn't enough people that wanted to play. Basically, this was like what, fifteen years ago now, so it wasn't as big a teams then. Um, we joined forces with Leicester, the, the university, to make sure we had a big enough team and good facilities yeah, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, because they're the better university in Leicester, right? And oh, Very much so. Yeah. I went to the Polytechnic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you wouldn't want to study music technology at Leicester University because they don't give you stupid courses like that. Uh, and uh, But they made us change the name because what? they didn't want it to be associated with our university. I can't remember what they're called now. F- uh, Falcons, maybe. Leicester Falcons. Rubbish. It should be lightning. Always go alliterative. Whenever you can, alliteration is the way. Unless you actually have a, a bona fide name as part of your city, as in the buzzards. Poor from you, Josh. Poor. Uh, there's going to be some players coming over shortly. In just a month's time, I'm, I'm sure we'll be speaking to a gr- group of them. Uh, Hold players... up, wasn't there a player that's been over recently? Like, really recently? Like, yesterday. Yeah. When Russell Wilson was at our office 
and we didn't get to have an interview with him. Did you get the get the email for that or? No, there was no, there was no email. There was no. He's done no media while he's been wow. here. He came and did some stuff for NFL UK for their social and for the website, and then that was all he was contracted to. Didn't do any media at all, apparently. Great work, NFL UK. Great work. I bet he pops up on Sky Sports though. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, oh. Do you think he'll pop up on the place where we work that also has NFL rights? Uh, probably not. No. No, probably won't. Probably shouldn't say any of this, should we? Oh no, probably shouldn't. But we've done it now, and I'm not editing it out. <laughs> the, the, uh, for all those people out there that uh, think that we're affiliated, just replay that all over again. <laughs> just remember, we're not affiliated in any way with any of these people. And please... But we also love them. And <laughs> yeah, I'm that... a big Neil Reynolds fan. I'm a oh, big no, Sky no, Neil, fan. Neil's I'm a big great. Sport fan. Yeah, we love everybody, really. And DT and everyone. Everyone at NFL UK has given us so much. It was just, just annoyed that Russell Wilson was literally at our office and we couldn't get like five minutes with him. Congratulations, DT. Daughter's graduated. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, well done, I DT. Did, I didn't see that on Twitter, but... Should have seen that. I do follow him, I think. Well... I hope. But Neil has confirmed that there are six players coming over around the first, uh, so the, around the second week of July, and then there's going to be an event in London on Tuesday the 17th with six players from the 2018 London-bound teams. Uh, the, what we do know is that from the Titans, uh, because actually one of the Titans tweeted about it, uh, <laughs> uh, not one of the Titans, well, Titans tweeted about it, Jarrell Casey was interviewed by Titans Social Media where he talked about going over to London in the summer to do stuff. So he's already leaked that he's coming, but you know I'm a big Jarrell Casey fan, so hopefully we'll get some time with Jarrell Casey. Would he be the guy that you'd, you'd get the jersey of if you were a Titans fan? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no doubt about it. I think that's a nice little article, actually. Um, Lewis Vaughan Jones right. tweeted Neil bitching about the fact that it was an event in London. Do you know what? That does my head in. And Lewis Lewis is a guy who, he follows us, and he's, I think he might be a listener as well, and he's tweeted us plenty of times, and he seems like a really nice guy. But he has tweeted this, he tweeted whinging about something to do with the wrestling stuff I was doing over the last couple of days. And then now he's tweeted something about this whinging. I'm just like, just stop whinging on Twitter. Because actually, he went, an NFL fan event in London. Well, I'm shocked. There are more fans around the country, you know, Nottingham, Manchester, Edinburgh, Liverpool, Belfast, Dublin, Birmingham, Glasgow, to name a few. And uh, Neil bit. He, I mean, he really did bite. He, went, he literally went, oh, go on then, Lewis, I'll bite. In 2018 alone, we've hosted shows in Glasgow, Manchester, Cardiff, Dublin and Belfast. Previous shows have been held in Liverpool, Edinburgh, Nottingham, Leicester, Birmingham. We do do our best to get NFL UK live around the country. And they do. What you have to realise is that there's this idea that it's London-centric, it's all about London. Firstly, that is where the games are going to be played. But actually, NFL UK are much more restricted than people give them respect for over how much time they get with these guys. And not just that. They, they, you know, they have two days to achieve everything they've got to achieve with them quite often and not only that but then they've got to do interview requests for everyone that wants them Mm -hmm. but actually built into these guys contracts is in each day they will only do x number of hours of media so they won't they don't come here on monday morning come to talks do an interview go to sky and do an interview go to bbc and do an interview come and like spend a whole day doing it like when we spoke to jay ajay i asked him about this and he said coming back over as a super bowl winner and as like a kind of bigger deal, not his words, but that's what I'm saying, um, meant that he was able to say, actually, I only want to do one day of media and I'd like to then spend a couple of days with my family, going to see friends in London, like actually while I'm here, spend some time with people. Just chilling out, it's tiring, man. Yeah, which before he wasn't able to do, before he was pulled from pillar to post. And you, honestly, they've got to, they'll be doing, I imagine they'll be doing another flag football competition, which will be 
part of the NFL Play 60 stuff. So that'll be a contracted thing from the NFL and it'll be helping kids learn to yeah. develop and play football. You know, it's there's a lot they have to do while they're here. It's actually quite difficult to then make a four, five-hour trip each way to go and do a show somewhere in the north. They do do a lot of shows around the country. It's just on this occasion they weren't able to. Yeah, And I think it, the last time they came up, there were just shows. There were no shows in London. So there were just shows up in the north. So that's when editor, Grid, editor of the magazine Gridiron, uh, Matt Sherry, went. And uh, so it is all over the country. I don't get it. I don't get people's anger. And in any case... NFL players are coming over across an ocean, across the, uh, some of them across a continent, then across an ocean to come here. And what well, you've got to travel two or three hours. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the NFL Shield is down on the new Spurs Stadium. It's out. We, I mean, we have, we literally haven't spoken since the Premier League fixtures were announced, and we now know that there is going to definitely be a game at Tottenham in October, barring any kind of absolute catastrophe again when we tweeted about this somebody tweeted us going well why aren't the tickets out yet then i think we've explained that time and time again about the cameras and the what has to do the tickets will be out in august they haven't even put the sit all the seats in yet no and that's the thing they can't do the (laughs) they can't pick the camera positions and how many seats will be removed until all of the seats are in first so the first game or, or this game is at the 14th of october i believe yeah it's the first of the three games yeah i think it's the 14th of october the first tottenham game has been moved to wembley stadium so the first the first Tottenham game at the new stadium is the fifteenth of September yeah. against Liverpool after the international break. Remember now, that off the top of my head. However, I'm quite pleased with myself. However, is there a chance that that could be switched? What do you mean? Well, maybe the stadium won't be ready by then. Maybe it will end up being moved to Anfield because there's still that chance. The suggestion is that after the international break, it will all be sorted and fine. That I mean, Touchwood. The... I really want it to be all sorted and fine, but Touchwood is certainly what I've been told. Are you right there, buddy? No, 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 sorry. I was just getting distracted. I was reading tweets that we'd been sent in. Apologies. Uh, yeah, we've been, had a few questions in. We tweeted literally as we started saying, just like recording a podcast, hit us up, let us know what you're doing. Alex asks us, are you excited? Last Chance You is coming back. Has there been a trailer for the new one yet? Because... I haven't seen a trailer, but on the now defunct Nat Coombe show, um, we got the guy who is the producer of it, maybe I'll get him. Maybe we should get him on. I think we should absolutely. We get should him get him on. on. He was brilliant, and he said they're moving to a, a, a school in Kansas, Kansas State. And yeah, I can't wait for it because I love the first two. I know Simon and Matt had a great time when they went and watched them win the, the state championship uh, back in November time when we when we did our our tour out there. Uh, I can't wait for this because it's such great TV. Such great TV, brilliantly done. They get the storylines, they get the tone perfect as well. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I can confirm there is a trailer out. There is a trailer that came out in the last 24 hours. They're going to Independence Community College in Kansas. uh, And we'll watch it after the show and we'll we'll try get that guy on. You've got his contact. Get him on. Get him on. What are you doing? What's the point? Uh, Touchdown Tezza asks us to do a favour. Do us a favour. Have a chat about how far you think the Cowboys will go this season. I think they'll fare this season. Thank you. Booked up already to head over to Dallas with touchdown trips. Oh, touchdown, Tezza. Getting you. Yes, yes, you. Yes, you. You big cowboy-loving Mother Hubbard in the game. Now, I... Should we just talk about this? A couple of bits of Cowboy news. Yeah, let's do it around that. First of all, David Irving suspended for four games at the start of the season. I mean, uh, if you're a Dallas Cowboys pass rusher... 
don't you essentially start every game, every season with a four-game suspension and or injury? Like they have struggled so much with pass rush with this team and being able to... I just... I really start to think to myself, he's been suspended for four games for PED violation. Uh, but honestly, I, we've talked about this team quite a few times in terms of Rod Marinelli being a, a bit of a wizard, a bit of a magician. Yeah. What he's created without the talent on the field... Imagine if those pass rushers were fit and ready to go. Like Demarcus Lawrence. Imagine Demarcus Lawrence and Taco Charlton both work out really well this season. No injuries, no suspensions. Coney Ealy comes in and behaves like he did in that Super Bowl appearance and not most of the season afterwards. You know, if they get a bunch of guys, and if David Irving comes back and performs well, they potentially, on paper, got a really good pass rush there. They just can't seem to keep fitting out of trouble. Which is really disappointing for Cowboys fans because that pass rush, they need the pass rush to then pressure to pressure the opposition quarterback and and their, and or stuff the run, which then doesn't put as much pressure on Sean Lee, and then allows the the safeties and the cornerbacks, which is actually their weakest point of that defense, to to have some respite. So it's a real key part that continually doesn't work, and then you end up seeing that Sean Lee is having to do more and more, and then inevitably he breaks down and gets injured. Well, in Sean Lee terms, I I was absolutely banging the table that they needed to get a linebacker to replace Sean Lee. The problem is is that the guys who fit that mould went very early in this draft this year, and they end up getting Leighton Van Der Esch in the first round, who is a player who has great raw talent, real high ceiling in terms of potential, not a Sean Lee type player. Not yet, I don't know if he's ever going to reach no. that kind of quarterback of the defense level. I don't know if he's intelligent enough. I don't know. Sean Lee, he's, he he covers the field like he's got that kind of sideline to sideline speed of those amazing middle linebackers in Seattle. Yeah. But actually, he's not. He's old and slow. He's just so intelligent and reads the game so well. And he's so important to the way... The way that they work across that front four and the way that they kind of shoot the gaps and the way that they use pressure actually can leave open running lanes quite easily. We're talking about stuffing the run as well as getting to the quarterback. They use a lot of stunts. They use a lot of like roll arounds. And and in those situations, you leave gaps. And if you've got Sean Lee behind you, when you're leaving gaps, you're fine. If you've got somebody who can't perform up to that level... Not necessarily the same. So that is that is an area of concern for me. Sean Lee needs to stay healthy. Obviously, as well, the other side of the ball. I mean, you've got uh, a, a left-hand side. Well, uh, you've got a centre of the line, a left tackle that could be up there with the very, very best in the league. I'm not sleeping on Lyle Collins either. So we all know that's going to be great. And you've got a top-end running back. I do worry for Dak Prescott with no real recognisable weapons there. They're going to be relying on Ezekiel Elliott a lot as well. It's almost like they could be a deep run playoff team if the two or three key players stay healthy. If one of them goes down, they could easily go 6-10. and ten. Easily. Um, and Zeke is absolutely crucial to that team. Didn't they just pay massively uh, Zach Martin or some, one of their offensive line guys? And now the offensive line is hugely... Um, well, the, the the players are, are are very well off, but it's it's they've been they've hugely backed their that offensive line. They've tied a load of them down for a long time, so th- that group that core group is going to stay together for a while. It's just keeping keeping Zeke out of the news, keeping him healthy, getting Dak uh, to be more dynamic in what he does. 
but I don't trust that receiving core, and I think it will be run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Zach Martin is um, the player you are referring to, and it were it is supposedly an eight a six year deal worth eighty four million dollars, which is forty million guaranteed, which is crazy for an interior lineman. But actually, it's that good though. Reflects not only how good he is, but how important the interior line is, and is kind of being underrated as such by a lot of the league. Uh, there is a lot of investment going to that area, though. You're right, and that's how that has a knock-on elsewhere. Uh, other questions in on... Yeah, so you're saying 6 and 10? No, no, I think... Or 10 and 6? I, I, yeah, I think, they, they're easily, <laughs> I think they're going to sit around 500. A couple of games either side of. I don't think they're going to be superb, but I think they'll... Uh, they'll I think it depends because the Eagles are so good. So they start off Panthers. Oh, I'm not going through. We're going to be doing. We're doing our. We're coming up. We're going to do our divisional previews. So let's not go too in depth. First four games though, two and two. I reckon they'll go. Okay, but let's I, move on. I think it's going to be how a lot of their fields, their season feels. And David asks for the Ravens this season. Do you have both Flacco and Jackson on the field at the same time? Oh my god, I'm so excited about Jackson. Oh my well, god, it's been reported that they would use Jackson as like a scat back, as a running back, as a receiver. I think it's absolute nonsense. I think it's ludicrous. Joe Flacco, as we've discussed numerous times before, I think is a guy very much on the downward trend of his career. Yep. And Lamar Jackson, they've had a chance to build something really special around him. So why not actually have this year with Joe Flacco, run your offense, do what you need to do, while Lamar Jackson learns yeah, yeah. and you work and you could have a year to build what that offense is going to be. And then, do you know what? If he looks like he's going to be the guy, throw him in starting next year. With your new offense built around him, so do and be very uh, do exciting. a Pat Mahomes topical, like Pat Mahomes has done with Alex Smith last year. Sat behind him, learnt the position, learnt how to do it, and then bang, next year, the, bring in bring in the 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 second year man to to see what he can do in his first season as a as a starter. The difference for me is that. Joe Flacco isn't Alex Smith. Now, I'm not saying Joe Flacco's a bad guy or anything, but as you'll hear from Pat Mahomes, Alex Smith literally took him under his wing from day one when he walked in the building. There are lots of quarterbacks, particularly when you're Alex Smith, who had to go through the Colin Kaepernick situation. So it's already happened to you once, and now it's clearly happening to you again, and yet you are still the bigger man and you deal with things properly. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I don't know if Lamar Jackson can get the same level of support. And I also think Lamar Jackson is a very different style of player to Joe Flacco. Oh, completely different. Now, that doesn't mean that Joe Flacco can't help him because, as again, we're going to hear from Pat Mahomes, the biggest thing is reading defenses. That's the biggest thing to learn is the speed of the game and reading a defense and reading much more complicated systems than you see from defenses in college football. Joe Flacco can help him hugely there if he decides he wants to do so. It's whether or not I, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but you know we've had all-time great quarterbacks like Joe Montana and Brett Favre have the guy who follows them in the building come in while they're still there and treat them not particularly nicely at all. Yeah. So who's to say that Joe Flacco? We don't know which way that's going to go, and that could be a problem. Uh, there are some other bits of news before we get to Pat Mahomes that we could run through quickly. Uh, it wasn't only uh, our mate in Dallas getting suspended. Uh, Donald Stevenson, the former uh, Dolphins lineman mm-hmm. uh, who joined the Browns, has uh, now been... Uh, was he at the Dolphins or the Broncos? He was at the Broncos. I don't know where I'm going with that. Did he? Was he ever there? I don't know. They've had such a rotation, much like the rotating door that is their left tackle. Uh, He's suspended for two games, so that's the story. Odell Beckham's turning up for camp, but still wants a new deal. Is there much to talk about? I think... I mean, it's it's one of those, over the last two or three seasons, really is, that Lev Bell's going to hold out for a bit, 
because he wants to be played as a receiver and a running back. Odell Beckham, will he turn up, won't he turn up? Tom Brady, is he going to retire? All of these stories are on a loop during the offseason. Tom Brady has hinted at 45 as his retirement age on Instagram. Hashtag Sigway. After doing doing that interview with Oprah. It has to be said, more and more that I see of Tom Brady this offseason, the mindset appears to be changing. Everything that happened around New England last year, and we'll talk to this, we'll do our NFC East preview, AFC East preview, and we'll get on the guys, Simon and and Sherry, uh, to come on and talk about it. But not turning up for optional training, going and doing these interviews where he said that he's focusing less on that side of life, talking about kids, all of that sort of stuff is really suggesting to me that I'm not saying he's going to be done this year, but that he is really thinking about the end now. This idea he's going to play to 50 is nonsense. I he's think it'll be two years, I reckon, he's got left. He's, he's on a farewell tour. He's he's doing an Elton John. He's pulling a full-on Elton John. Dennis Green's to be inducted into Sorry, the Vikings. He's pulling on a full... He's a pulling a full-on Elton John. <laughs> okay, fine. Dennis Green. It's a family show. Uh, the late Dennis Green is being honoured by the Minnesota Vikings. He's going into their ring of honour when they play the Buffalo Bills in September. And I just wanted to mention it because I think it's absolutely fantastic. Great work, that. Uh, passed away back in 2016. I love a ring of honour. Was uh, Vikings history. Yeah. Was 10 years. Their fifth coach in Vikings history was coach for 10 years. Took them to the playoffs eight times. Four divisional titles. Two NFC championship games. He was a, he was a great man. I don't Deserves think, to be in there. I don't think British sports, English sports, football, uh, our soccer, I don't think it does enough of that sort of real looking back at the legends and either retiring numbers or putting banners up. I really think you can, it would enhance, not the, not necessarily the experience, but I don't know. I think they can learn a lot from the NFL in from that point of view. I think it would be awesome if they did things like that. I know, the, I know at the Emirates, they've got on the outside of the stadium, you know, Henri and Charlie George and, and stuff like that in, in on the side of the stadium. But, it's not. It's kind of there as decoration, and I'd like it to be inside. And sort well, of... then on the inside ring at the Emirates, they've got the um, cups and trophies and league championships they've won, haven't they? On they're, that inside yeah, they've ring, they've got that. But I think your players and your managers are, are real big things, and I, I just it would be it'd be interesting to see it done from a, a, a football, our football, the proper point legends, of the yeah, proper I legends. Think so, uh, and I just wanted to drop this in uh, because it's from uh, from North Turner. Uh, with the Panthers, and they just want Cam Newton to know that checkdowns are okay, buddy. Checkdowns are okay. Okay. I just love it as a as a terminology, as a phrase. You look at the Drew Brees of this world, the Alex Smiths of this world, the Philip Rivers. They can all execute a checkdown in the right moment, pick it in the right moment, and do it expertly. Cam, check it down. Checkdowns are okay, Cam. Checkdowns of people too. You know someone who I don't think is going to be doing a lot of checkdowns in the NFL? Go on. Pat Mahomes. Why not? Patrick Mahomes the second, I should say. Patrick Lavon Mahomes the second. Oh. Not junior. He's gone with the second, which I find an interesting choice, but a choice that I like. I prefer it to junior. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's more original. And it feels a little more regal, a little more proper statesmanlike yeah exactly yeah. Uh, so yeah I got a chance to have a chat with Pat Mahomes over the phone after their OTAs before the mini camps came up and discussed with him we went back over the Super Bowl we went back well, why am I telling you what's in the interview you're going to listen to it right now you do do that a lot actually yeah sorry about that this is Kansas City Chiefs quarterback starting quarterback Pat Mahomes Mahomes 
Uh, it's, it's been going awesome, man. We actually just finished up. We finished up uh, today, but it was a great camp. A lot of young guys, a lot of talented guys. So, I mean, it was it was exciting to get some great work in with them. I know it's it's kind of super early, but how different was it being out there and, and taking all the first team snaps as the starter? Uh, it, I mean, it, it was a little different. I mean, I've been preparing for this pretty much my whole life is to be a, a starter on a professional baseball team. So just uh, being able to get out there and kind of start living out my dream, was, I mean, it was an awesome experience. I'm excited for the future going forward. Have you noticed any big differences in, in the pace, in the training? Have you noticed that you've struggled with anything at all since having to do every single rep? I mean, you, you, you have to learn fast. I mean, I mean, it, that really is what it is. Uh, well, I mean, it's really just something where it's uh, – there's the speed of the game is fast. It's different than when you were in college. But at the same time, I'm learning and I'm getting those reps and every rep helps out. You guys are already obviously packed with playmakers, Tyreek, Kareem, Travis, etc. But how's the work been with uh, with Sammy Watkins so far? What's he been offering early doors? Uh, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, well, first off, I mean, we, you said we already have a lot of young, talented guys that work hard. And getting Sammy, I mean, the best thing I love about him is how hard he works. I mean, he has all the talent, uh, but how hard he works and how he's been able to grasp the offense and kind of just help help us solidify our offense is one of the best in the NFL. What does he do differently to the guys you've got there already? Uh, he's just he's a, he's a physical catcher, man. I mean, he can play, use his body to catch balls that a lot of receivers can't. And, I mean, it's just adding a different aspect to the offense that we have, which is all, already a good one. It's nice for you. And you can put some proper stank on those balls, knowing there's someone who can be so physical in that catch. It's nice to know that's on the end of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, when they have guys that are – can really they don't have to be open to be open in a sense i mean guys that you can throw them and put it on their body and know they're gonna make a catch is always good to have as a quarterback uh, i want to take you back to to super bowl week pat because we saw you there and, and said hello briefly but you're scheduled in there for media stuff kind of wednesday to friday you come down with with chris and with lee and the team and and then tuesday night and, and during the media party no less from our perspective that the news breaks that alex is being traded to washington where were you when you first heard? I actually was at my uh, brother's basketball game right before I flew out the Super Bowl weekend, and I heard. But, I mean, it, it's something that uh, I've been trying to prepare to be a starter ever since I've been in the NFL. And, I mean, Alex was an awesome guy, a great guy who really helped me in my development as a young quarterback. But I'm excited now just to get the reins and being able to go out there and play football. Did you or have you spoken to, to Alex at all? Yeah, I talk to him every every once in a while, man. I mean, he's he's an awesome dude. I built a great relationship with him, and uh, I mean, he's someone that uh, I I can always talk to. He's a good friend as well as he was a teammate. And I'm glad that he got the deal where he is, and I'm excited uh, for him and his future as well. I mean, I, I'm intrigued for you. Uh, you you've got from your perspective. You haven't probably hadn't spoken to the team at that point when you were arriving on Wednesday morning, I guess, or had you? Uh, no, I hadn't. I hadn't got to. I barely talked to him, but I hadn't talked to him a lot. I mean, I talked to Coach Reed and them uh, all the time, pretty much. But uh, I mean, it, it was a different thing. But I mean, it happened, and now we can move on, and we can kind of get to the hopefully get to the season here soon. Yeah, just amazed that sudden change in pressure. The way suddenly everyone's talking to you, and you've got all those interviews booked in. It's not the ideal timing, I guess. But uh, uh, just just tell us a little bit about Alex Smith during your rookie year, because. I mean, we've heard a lot about how 
rookie quarterbacks interact with, if there's an incumbent, if there's a guy who's a clear starter. What was your first interactions with Alex like? Uh, no, Alex, he was he was a great guy the entire time. I mean, he's someone that uh, he was a leader on the team. He was someone who was just trying to do his uh, – really do his job and win football games. So, I mean, it was it was something where I was excited to, to be under a guy like that, someone that kind of embraced um, – embraced me and uh really uh embraced just being able to do his role as well as bring me along was there anything specific any piece of advice you remember him giving you that that really helped you go ah i get it uh i mean just him being able to understand coverages and understand how to really dissect the defense is something that will help me in my entire career i mean he was someone that really he really understood how to watch film, how to do those things. And, I mean, you get a veteran guy like that that's had success in the NFL, you you always learn from that stuff. I mean, it's fair to say it's rare that you get a guy taken in the first round, particularly when a team moved to go and get them, who who has the chance to, to practically take a, a red shirt year. But if you could go back and, and kind of speak to the Pat of, of 12 months ago, going into that first camp, what would you tell him about that first year that maybe would help you uh, speed up the process for yourself i mean just basically just don't take any day for granted i mean you're, you're you weren't you knew i knew i wasn't going to start uh last year but i really just try to do whatever i could to keep my mind in the game and uh i feel like i did for the most part but i mean even those first few days right after you get drafted just make sure you're in that playbook and trying to get yourself ready for the this time now and, and being able to really uh be able to do the best you can with all the knowledge that you gain. I mean, it's fascinating to me when you go back to that draft as well because the Chiefs gave up this year's first-round pick, a third as well, to to move up for you. I mean, did you know they were such big fans? I knew that they liked me a lot, but, I mean, you never know uh, for sure uh, what I mean what the teams are thinking. I mean, that draft process is weird. A lot of smoke, I guess you would say. You never know exactly who, who likes who. And so, for me, it was uh, all about just uh, really just I couldn't really uh, – all of it was out of my control. I was just going to be ready for whatever opportunity came, and I was glad when the Chiefs drafted me. Uh, who was it that you kind of – you were interacting with? Because it was that bizarre situation where, where John Dorsey ended up moving on just after the draft. Was it him? Was it Andy Reid? Was it Brett Veach you were speaking with? I, I, it was all of them. I mean, Coach Reid and me have, have always had a great relationship. Uh, just talking to them, talking to Nagy at the time, uh, talking to Veach. I mean, everybody. I mean, it was a this organization is really almost like a family organization. So, just being able to uh, uh, be a part of it is an awesome experience. You say about your relationship with Coach Reed. I mean, what, what, how did that develop when you were first talking with him? And and you know, did it feel? Did you kind of feel his influence and, and how important he'd be from from right from the off? Yeah, I mean, he's someone who he, he he's been through it all as a co- head coach and around the football, and he's so has so much knowledge and uh, really is someone that I've learned I learn from every single day. And I mean, I you, I never take that for granted. I mean, he's an awesome coach. I'm excited just to have him. Does he tend to? Is he a guy who's working with you and and your strengths or trying to help you learn the system? What's the kind of coaching approach from from Coach Reed? I mean, for me, it's, I mean, he, he's awesome at helping me learn the system, but at the same time, letting me play my game. And I think that's a big thing. I mean, I'm a guy who's kind of a freelance gunslinger, they say. And he, he, he lets me, he knows when, he knows when to tell me to stay within the system and when to let me play and make plays. And I think that's it when I kind of think back to that relationship with Alex, because 
Alex is a prime example. Even though he's got great feet and he can scramble out of the pocket and, and he can make those plays on the run, he's also a guy who, if you give him a system to work to, he will work to. And that's always why I found it a really interesting dichotomy between you two. Because watching you in college, like you say, you're a guy who was quite happy to get out there and do your own thing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you just have to know when you when and when not you can do that. And so for me, I, I have to just learn that as I go. I'll make some mistakes, but I also have a lot of success too. What's uh, What was that week 17 like? The Chiefs already having locked up the fourth seed. You, you put in to start, but divisional rivals on the road, that Broncos defense, it's, it's fair to call it a trial by fire. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was something where I, I mean, I got to get in the game and play against a great defense, and we had success to win the game. I mean, it was an awesome eye-opening experience to let me know that I can have some success in this league, and so I'm excited for the future now and being able to go against those guys a couple more times a year, every year. Did, did you um, – when were you told you were going to be starting Week 17? Uh, it, was a, it was after the, the game before that. I mean, they told me right after that game, they told me I was going to get a chance to start, and so it was – it was a great experience, man. I mean, it was something I'd always dreamed of, and just to be a part of it was awesome. So you literally were kind of sat down after, what was it? Is it the Titans the week before? I was trying to figure it out. I, uh, I, I, I want to say it was either the Dolphins or the Raiders. I think it might have been the Dolphins, honestly. So you you kind of you go into that situation, and, and you suddenly, you know, you've watched the game, you know the team have locked up, you know you're going to the playoffs. What was what was it like for you to then get told, right, it was, you're right, it was the Dolphins arrowhead. I just looked it up because that's what I probably should have done and done my prep beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I'd be a terrible quarterback, Pat, just to be clear. Um, yeah. But yeah, what, so you, you, you're back in the arrowhead locker room. Who comes and tells you? Is it Coach Reed who comes to talk to you? Uh, I, I think it was uh, Nagy at the time, uh, but I mean, it was it. I really didn't really know until I, that that uh, day and day after. But I mean, it was like I said. I mean, it was experience that will help me out a ton going into this next year and being able to really have know that I can have success in this league if I stay and play how I I know I can play. How different was it, or was it different being in the film room that week, knowing that while you're studying, you're not just studying to help Alex and help yourself, but you're studying in mind that it's you that's going to have to go out and read the offense yeah I mean it it definitely is a little bit different but at the same time I was trying to prepare like that every single week I was trying to prepare like if I was going to start and uh so I mean even though it was a little different it it wasn't something that was just uh a drastic change there are a couple of plays from that game because I mean statistically it doesn't you know scream mind-blowing debut but there was the rushing touchdown where you went just one foot out of bounds i mean like watching that as a neutral with absolutely no skin in the game it was kind of gutting to to see it because you're kind of pulling for it's a rookie it's the first start what a great kind of moment that would have been yeah i mean it it was a great game and like you said i mean the the statistics and stuff don't matter i mean to me it's all about the win and uh we got the win so it was a really just a great experience to be able to go out there and get a win what are the expectations for the Chiefs this year? I mean, for us, the, the expectations are the Super Bowl. I mean, for us, we're going to go out every single every single day, every single week, and try to compete and compete and get better and get better so that we're in the Super Bowl. And then we get to the Super Bowl, we're going to win it. And so that's, that's us right now. We're really just trying to get better every single day and try to strive for that goal. I, I wonder kind of emotionally for you, Pat, because – 
you, you seem like you we've met a couple of times you seem like an incredibly intelligent young man you definitely say the, the right sort of things but when people talk about you being the difference maker when you talk about Kansas City being a team who've perennially made the playoffs in recent years but actually not been able to get over that hump and and people talk about you being the one man that will make the difference how does how, how do you kind of approach and deal with that I mean, for me, I put all that pressure on myself anyways. I mean, for me, the, all the pressure of uh, being the start, all the pressure of trying to have a lot of success in this in this league, I mean, I, I, I want that. I want to be able to go out and compete every single day. I want to be able to go out there and be an NFL quarterback and try to win a lot of football games. And, I mean, that, I've always wanted that since I was a little kid, and I'm excited just to go out there now and be able to do it for a job as, in my life. If there are Chiefs fans who maybe have only seen you in that Week 17 game where, like we say, it was a game that you guys won, but it certainly it only showed flashes of, of what you're capable of. What would you say to a Chiefs fan they're going to expect from Pat Mahomes? I mean, I, all, uh, all I would say is, I mean, you're going to see a, a lot of passion, a lot of passion, someone who's, who really, really is going to leave it all out there on the field every single day, every single game, and uh, someone that's going to try to win a lot of football games for the Chiefs community. Uh, the Chiefs have got a huge following here in the UK, but... So have the Chicago Bears. I just want to ask, you know, uh, we've heard Andy Reid heaping praise on Matt Nagy the last couple of days. Uh, what was his role in, in your development this last year? Yeah, Nag- Nagy was awesome. Uh, he, he was someone that uh, he really helped me and re- was really relatable that could really help me understand plays even faster, found ways for me to fix things that I, I, that I needed to fix fast, even like little things like my stance and all this different stuff. I mean, it's just just someone who can really relate to the game to uh, uh, a young quarterback. I think I've already talked to Mitch about it. I mean, it's going to be awesome for Mitch to be able to have him as the head coach and be able to help teach him and help him improve as his career goes on. You mentioned the stance, the speed of play. What would you say is the one thing for you that that did improve the most in year one? Definitely my knowledge is about defenses. Uh, I mean, offensively, you, you think you know a lot coming from college, but being able to Really dissected defense is something that a, a great NFL quarterback is uh, is good at is really good at. And uh, for me, just learning how to really read coverages, not get disguised by their bluffs and the, d- the defenses that they're trying to hide, uh, and really just be able to get the protections right and then uh, do that stuff by learning how the, what the defense is doing. Because I mean, they expect you to do that from pretty much you know when you're interviewing before the draft, they flash up X's and O's and they're like, right. Tell me what the defense is. Tell me what the coverage is. What are you going to be looking for? So it's, it's again, thrown in at the deep end, but it's good to hear that's what you think you've learned most. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, uh, you see the great quarterbacks, uh, they learn every single year. They learn and more and more, and they try to do what they can. They want to win the battle before the play's even, even done. Uh, so, I mean, for me, it's all about learning defenses and learning more and more so that I can have a lot of success on the field. Have you got a, a plan for, for how you're going to approach the, the rest of this offseason? Because obviously uh, the the structure of the way it now works under the CBA is you will have some downtime. I know I've seen you love playing a bit of Fortnite, but otherwise, how can you kind of spend the downtime away from football, making sure that you're going to be fully ready to go when you hit camp? I mean, for me, all I'm, I'll, I will take probably about a week off just to kind of get my body right but then after that it's gonna be all working out i mean you got to make sure your arm and your legs are in shape for whenever camp comes around you want to make sure that you can really get ev- the best out of every single rep you get and so for for me it's going to be 
uh, about a, a little bit of time off just to uh, get my body back right and then just get my body in shape more and more so whenever camp comes around there's there's no issues and you go straight into a divisional game with the Chargers again nice easy one for you with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and those incredible <laughs> cornerbacks it's yeah again <laughs> that's not easy in the NFL is it no every week there, there's no easy games in the NFL every week's a challenge and so for me, I mean, it's awesome. We have we play in a great division with a lot of good teams, so I'm going to go out there and just compete with get my guys and try to win. And finally, I just want to ask you about your new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, because he was uh, obviously there as the running backs coach uh, over the last few years, and you know, he's been working with some pretty good backs back there, but making the step up now and working with all of you guys, what's what's that change been like for him and for you? I mean, yeah, he's a guy who's very detail-oriented. He's going to make sure that you do everything the right way. It's something that will help me out a ton. I mean, he has a lot, brings a lot of passion as well to the, the offense, and I'm excited just to have him and uh, as a, uh, a coach of the future. That brilliant stuff. I really appreciate your time, Pat, and, and yeah, we could talk football for hours, I'm sure, but uh, I'm aware you want to go and get your body rested up and get ready for the rest of this off-season. And, well, like you say, hopefully we'll be seeing you... Uh, seeing you out in uh, in Atlanta in, in about seven or eight months' time. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'm playing that weekend, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. I said hopefully we're going to be seeing you there on opening night, not on, you know, not on Radio Row. Uh, that sounds perfect. <laughs> Brilliant. Really appreciate your time, Pat. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Kansas City Chiefs starting quarterback Pat Mahomes joining us on the Gridiron Show. There'll be an extensive piece with him and on the Chiefs in the first Gridiron magazine of the year. Get your subscription at gridiron-magazine.com right now. And don't forget that the Neil Reynolds Gridiron bookazine previewing yeah, the whole season. Can't wait for that. It finally gets sent off on Monday. That's when it goes off to uh, to print. When the fire, when the get ready to publish it, when the final editing is all done, it's literally killing Matt Sherry dead right now, which is why he's not on the show. Some people say that's fine, but it's why he's not here today. You're out of order. I miss him. I miss him greatly. Uh, Ollie, touchdowntrips.com. That's where everyone should go. Getting you in the game. Yes, you, yes, you, yes, you. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, I'm all good. I'm ready to go and watch some football. Some soccer ball. Some soccer we ball. actually haven't talked about how amazing the World Cup's been, but we've been doing extra time shows together. This uh, this used to be, before you started being my producer on a Sunday night, and really producer slash co-presenter, It was we used to use these for a catch-up. Now we're doing that on air on t- radio and talking about stuff there. feels like we can be a lot more focused now. I think, and I think this, if anything, this show has been really focused. Thanks so much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show.